Welcome to the PTA Elevation Podcast, where we help physical therapist assistant students pass the NPTE on the first try without wasting time or money. To learn more about the services we offer, find us on Facebook by searching PTA Board Study Group or fill out the form linked in the description. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's podcast. All right, guys. So today we're going to be talking about supervision and delegation roles of the PTA the PTA, the PT, and the PT aid slash technician. So as I was kind of mentioning, a lot of you guys might have been an aid or a tech in the past, and there's a lot of things that you might have been doing as an aid or a tech that actually technically are not within the role or quote-unquote scope of practice of an aid. So I just want you guys to be aware of what is technically allowed, what are you supposed to be doing, what can you do, what can't you do, what's outside, what's inside your scope of practice, who does what, and this is all in the scope of the exam. Whatever you do in your clinical life is none of my business. This is what's going on with the exam. So take this information as what we need to know for the exam and in your clinical decision-making, please take this into consideration so you don't lose your license. All right, guys. So we're going to get started with the physical therapist. So this is also one of the reasons why I started PTA Elevation. There are so many things that fall under the PT, physical therapist scope of practice that are not exactly relevant to the PTA. So first of all, let's go over what do our lovely PT friends do and what is within their scope of practice and what does the board's delegate as this is the role of the PT when it comes to a certain situation that you might encounter on the exam. So the physical therapist will interpret any referrals that come in. So when they get a script in, they're the ones looking at it, being like, what's going on? What, what body part are you treating? What's happening with this patient? They're the ones who will also be able to interpret any sort of, you know, x-rays and MRI results that come through. They're not reading the MRI results and giving the, the diagnosis. They're reading the report and they're interpreting that as well. The physical therapist is also responsible for performing visit one. So the initial evaluation within that, they're going to be examining the patient, giving a diagnosis and a prognosis. There are the six parts to the evaluation component that they talk about. These are the four most important ones because these are the ones that are specific to the physical therapist. They will evaluate the patient, which means that they will take all the measurements and everything on the patient. They will examine the patient visually and objectively and make sure that everything looks okay while also getting subjective information from the patient. Through there, they will perform their assessment on the patient, see what they want to do with the plan of care moving forward, and decide a diagnosis. So what do they feel is going on with the patient? Formal diagnoses, diagnoses must come from a physician, but the physical therapists in their mind are able to diagnose what's going on with this patient and then kind of see where can we go from here being the prognosis. From there, you'll go into like, you know, the interventions and like any sort of other things you want to do. Those are the parts that we're allowed to do as PTAs, but the PT is the person who's their first eyes on the patient. This is why they get advanced schooling. This is why they have doctorate degrees. This is why PTs can get direct access in all 50 states now, because they may be the first person seeing a patient and they're the ones who are able to do their differential diagnosis, make sure if they need to refer out, they're referring out and then making the plan going forward. That's going to be safe and effective for treating this patient. So the physical therapist is also going to develop and modify the plan of care while also creating goals for the patient. And then upon reevaluation, reexamination, progress note, whatever the heck you want to call it, they can modify those, change them, achieve the goals, create new goals, whatnot, and just assess the patient's progress. So that is the main role of the physical therapist when it comes to creating the plan of care. From there forward, they will also be in charge of the decision making for all physical therapy interventions. If I want to do ultrasound on a patient, 
Not sure why I would want to do that because <laughs> I don't like doing ultrasound on patients. But if I want to do ultrasound on patients and it wasn't in the plan of care, I cannot do it as a PTA. The PT needs to be the one to lay out the plan of care. That's why if the physical therapist says patient needs therapeutic ex exercise, that we're able to, you know, pull all things that are safe and within that the umbrella of therapeutic exercise and perform that with the patient. That's why PTAs are able to progress, advance, or do different things with interventions because the PT has laid out the plan of care for them. If it's not within the plan of care or under any of the scopes of the plan of care, the PTA cannot perform the intervention. So the physical therapist is in charge of determining which ones are appropriate to use for the patient. And then they are also making sure to use the PTA appropriately during treatment to deliver safe and effective treatment. So what does that mean? The PT is in charge of saying, this is what I want you to do. This is what I feel like you should be doing. This is how I feel like I would be most comfortable with you treating this patient. For example, if you're working under a PT who's got a lot, a lot of vestibular like stuff and they're very comfortable using that, but you have a PTA that doesn't have as much experience. It is within the PT's reason to say, I really would not like to utilize the physical therapist for this intervention. I mean, PTA for this intervention. Now let's say that the PTA has advanced like train, let's just say they have their CSCS like I do. Maybe the PT does not have as much experience with sports and, you know, training and strengthening and doesn't really know much appropriate exercises for this patient. They can delegate that to the PT and say, I would like you to take on this patient with progressing and doing everything. I'll reevaluate them when the time comes, but this is what I feel like would be an appropriate use of you. So the physical therapist is in charge of saying, this is what I want the PTA to do. And the PTA says, cool, I'm gonna go do that now. And as long as you have good communication with your PT, it should be fine. But this is just the black and white version. I'm sure you guys are probably listening to this, thinking about this and being like, well, I do different things, blah, 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 blah. This is what the boards want you to know. Throw your clinical knowledge out the window. This is just what the boards want you to know for people's scope of practice. The PT is also the only one who is able to reevaluate the patient. So this is the, the, you know, updating everything, changing the plan of care, adding things. Maybe they got to do a reevaluation to add the ultrasound that for some reason I want to do. Um, that is the PT's role. They are the ones doing the extra paperwork. That's why they get paid more money. So then we can go home and be with our families while they're sitting there doing paperwork. The PT is in charge of doing the reevaluation, doing the assessment, doing the plan for the reevaluation. In some states, they do allow the PTAs to take the subjective and take objective measurements for the um, reevaluation components, but the PTs are the ones who are doing the assessment and the plan for the patient. Um, and obviously when it is two people at the same time, they are conversing, but ultimately the PT is the one who's responsible for the patient. The PT is also the one who's gonna be doing the discharge plan and the discharge summary for the patient to plan for discharge. They are the ones like, if a patient's like tells you as a PTA, I wanna be discharged, you have to ask the PT first, make sure the PT has said, okay, sounds good. Today I had a patient who wanted to be discharged. The PT came over, asked her like three questions. They were questions I'd already asked her. Um, she answered those, she said, okay, sounds good. The PT needs to be the one saying that because the PT will sign off on all of your notes. And that brings me to my next point. The PT is going to be supervising the PTA for all the therapy services provided. They're gonna oversee all the documentation. All PTA's notes need to be co-signed by a PT. It can be in some states what's called indirect supervision. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but the PT is ultimately the one who's responsible for any actions of the PTA. 
and also the technician slash aid that is they are also supervising. So essentially what's going on is if something goes wrong, it's on the PT, no matter who did it, basically it goes up the chain. They are the one responsible. They're the one probably going to court if somebody gets sued or somebody's in trouble or somebody needs to show up with documentation. It is the PT. They're assuming responsibility. If I, as a PTA, burn my patient, it's my PT's fault because she was supervising me. So that's the PT. And after looking at that, I'm like, ooh, that's a lot of responsibility. Why am I going back to school for that? All right, guys. So the role of the physical therapist assistant, on the other hand, is this is, and this is important, this is the only individual who is allowed to assist the physical therapist in predetermined physical therapy interventions under the direct supervision of the physical therapist. So what does that mean? That means that the techs are not allowed to make clinical decisions about the patient. The techs are not allowed to perform interventions with the patients. The physical therapist assistant, the PTA, is the only person who is allowed to do that because they are under the supervision of the physical therapist. The physical therapist assistant is the paraprofessional that works alongside the physical therapist. I know it's a little weird me saying this as we're all thinking like, yes, this is what I am, but I'm just gonna make sure this is all laid out. So then there's no confusion when it comes to what the boards is gonna be asking about who does what. So the physical therapist assistant may perform physical therapy interventions as determined and selected by the physical therapist. So that's kind of what I was talking to you guys about earlier. If the physical therapist says, I want us to do therapeutic activity, you say, cool. That means I can add everything under the sun that has to do with therapeutic activity. We can add squats. We can add steps. We can add, you know, closed chain exercises all day long. This is great. We can do reaching overhead, like press exercises, anything that's under TA. Cool. Awesome. And as long as it's addressing the body part and the deficit and progressing towards a goal, we're all good. We can do it. That's why we have free reign when it comes to progressing exercises for patients. So, and depending on the laws of the state, so this is what I was kind of talking about earlier with supervision laws, the supervising physical therapist either needs to be directly on site. So this would be called direct supervision. So me as a new grad PTA, as of the time of this recording, I do not have enough hours to get what is called a indirect supervision license. I must be directly supervised by a PT at all times while I'm treating patients. And that means that a physical therapist needs to be inside the building at all times while I'm treating. That's what that means. And so some states, that is what every single PTA needs to be under direct supervision. General supervision is a little bit different, but it's pretty much the same premise as the PT is literally like there. The PT is there or the PT needs to be available by phone call. So this is what's called indirect supervision. That means that the PT must be a telecommunications away, which means they gotta be able to talk on the phone, not email, not anything like I need to be, like if I'm treating somebody and something goes wrong, I need to be like, hey, oh Carrie, something's going wrong. Like I need, I need to talk to you. Like I have to be in contact with them immediately. So that would be called indirect supervision. Various states have different regulations of what a PTA would need to get in order to receive indirect supervision. Some states automatically grant all of their PTAs indirect supervision or general supervision where it can be telecommunications. It gets a little weird, but just understand the difference between these two. And it really varies by state. But when it comes to the board, just understanding it's just supervising. The PT is the one still signing off on anything, regardless of how we're supervised. So the PTA may also make modifications to interventions as to either progress the patient to um, or to ensure the patient's safety with exercise, as long as the selected interventions are within the plan of care. So what does this mean? If I see my dude is blowing through it on level one step ups, I can say, all right, we're going to level two. 
sounds good. I see that it's safe and it's going to progress the patient towards his goals of being able to navigate stairs independently and have strong enough quads that he will score higher on his MMTs for knee extension. Cool. I can do that. I can also see that, yo, um, a patient's not looking too good right now. I'm going to cease exercise right now and stop the session because we need to take her blood pressure and she is, we need to keep seated today. Like it is way too high. Like we, we can't do anything like else, or like maybe it's dropping too low that we need to make sure we do supine exercises as a PTA. You can make that call as long as it's ensuring the safety of the patient. So again, add weight to exercise, remove exercises due to exacerbation of symptoms. Maybe they're not liking the extension exercises. You say, okay, we're going to get rid of those. We're going to do something else because it's not working and it's not safe for the patient. We as PTAs, that is within our scope of practice to make those decisions. And that's why we take this exam because it's a safety test, guys. That's why. So here's some just quick things about rules for indirect supervision of the physical therapist assistant in case the board decides to ask about this specifically is that the supervising physical therapist must be accessible by telecommunications, aka a phone call, at all times while the PTA is treating patients, which means if the PTA is like, I'm going to go to the clinic at 7 a.m., that PT better be awake. <laughs> That's pretty much what's, what this is saying. The PTA and PT must have regularly scheduled conferences discussing the plan of care of their patients and to discuss patient needs and potential modifications to the plan of care. So that means that essentially you got to talk with your PT. If you and your PT don't have good communication, the people who suffer the most are the patients. And that's what this is saying, especially for indirect supervision. Let's say you're somebody who does exclusively home health. You're interested in a, learning about home health. I highly suggest checking out at not just a PTA on Instagram. That's Margie. She's amazing. She does home health. She can teach you all about it. But the, if you're doing home health, you need to be able to contact your PT regularly and also have like conferences about patients and make sure everything seems good to go. All right, here is the thing about aids and texts that I want to emphasize here. Looking back, there are some things that probably we've all done as a technician that we realized was actually not allowed. I want you to not be mad at yourself now. I just want you to not probably do this in the future or now you are now realizing the ramifications and or that you know what the boards will and will not ask when it comes to the proper utilization and supervision of a physical therapy aid slash technician. Support this, the aid slash tech is the support staff that are involved with care without making clinical decisions or performing clinical problem solving. This means that they are there to help. They are not there to intervene. They are not there to modify the patient's exercise program. They are not there to say, okay, the patient needs to be done. The patient needs to be discharged. This is not the role of this individual. They are there to help and assist the physical therapist and or physical therapist assistant under their direct supervision. So this means that maybe they're helping get the patient ready out of bed, helping be the second assist for walking. Maybe they're helping them with transfers. Maybe they're grabbing weights so then they can give the patient um, weights so they can do exercise. Maybe they're helping clean, keep this, uh, the clinic nice and clean, keep laundry going. Like techs are super important. They're the backbone. I work at a, in a company that we don't have technicians. It'd be really nice to have somebody do the laundry and really keep on top of things, keeping the clinic clean just so then we can keep things moving. I really appreciate it. I think that techs are amazing. I love them and I loved my experience as a, a tech. It's great to like learn from other people, but understand that they are not there to be a therapist. They are there to be support staff. They are there to help keep operations of the clinic moving smoothly. That is the role of the technician. And so 
the technician is the only individual besides a student that the physical therapist assistant can supervise. So aides should not be doing any of the following activities. Aides are not, and this is just not within their scope of practice, aides should not be progressing or removing exercises for the patient. That is the role of the PT or PTA. They should not be performing any billable activities. If you bill for it, the aide should not be doing this. That includes modalities. If you are billing for a hot pack, you are billing that this is a skilled care. I don't care if it's just putting something on, some, on somebody. I know there's really no way you can mess up putting an ice pack on somebody, but this is just within the scope of practice. They should not be doing anything that you can bill for. They should not be like teaching patients exercise. They should not be, you know, critiquing and like moving the patient around and giving cueing and stuff like that. That is skilled care. That is billable time. The aide cannot perform it because it is literally practicing without a license. That is why this is an ethics thing. That is why the boards cares about this. It is literally practicing medicine without a license, basically, or physical therapy without a license. That is why just saying that. Um, the aide should also not be the first assist for any transfers, ambulation, or balance activities. They can be the second assist, but the PT is the one giving all the cueing. The PT is the one, or the PTA, either one, is the one doing all of the like leading. They're the leader. If the, P, if the aide is leading, that means the aide is providing the skilled care that is associated with, you know, transfers and everything. If the aide is the first assist on a sit-to-stand transfer and you're billing that as TA, that is not allowed. The aide can be the second assistant. So you're like, okay, hey, Joy, help me out here. I don't know who Joy is, but hey, can you help me out here with this patient? Can you follow behind with the wheelchair? I need you to grab the other side and just help me with guarding. I got her, she starts to fall, but I might need your help if something starts going wrong. The aide can be the second assist. They should not be the first assist and they should not be guarding the patient because if the patient falls and the aide doesn't catch them or they catch them in a way that's unsafe, hurt themselves or the patient, you are liable as the PTA and then your PT is liable and now they're mad because they're going to have to go to court. Don't do that. The PT aid, the tech aid should also not be documenting because, you know, that's sent to the insurance company for reimbursement. Again, the only individuals who should be performing documentation are the licensed therapists because they're the ones getting reimbursed by the company and insurance company for that. And the aid, again, this should just be obvious, but the aide should not be left alone with patients unsupervised. First of all, shouldn't leave anybody alone with the patients unsupervised. There should always be another person in the clinic just in case something goes wrong, a patient gets combative, they get creepy, something like that, just for safety. But the aide should not be the one supervising the patient. If it's you and an aide, you need someone else there basically. So they should not be left alone with the patient. All right, guys. Onto the sample question. I know this was longer than you initially probably expected it to be, but I really want to make sure the scope of practice is clear because it gets very confusing. So sample question, guys. A physical therapist assistant is supervising a physical therapy aid as they assist a patient through their exercise program. Which of the following activities would not be permitted for the physical therapy aid to perform? One, placing an ankle weight on the patient. Two, Guard the patient alone as they perform a single leg stance exercise. Three, retrieve a hot pack for the physical therapist assistant. Or four, clean the treatment table after use. So I'll give you guys a second to think about that.
guys. So the answer is guard the patient alone as they perform a single leg stance exercise. So the aid slash like, you know, therapy aid slash tech should not be the first assist on any balance gate ambulation transfer activities. They can be the second assist, but they should not be guarding the patient alone. So that's a keyword alone. They cannot be the only one there. It has to be, they can be the second assist. They can, you know, have the gate belt on the other, hold the other side of the gate belt while you're holding that one and you're the one in charge. You're the one saying, do this, do that. That's fine, but they're not allowed to be alone. Can they place an ankle weight on the patient? Sure. As long as they can just go place an ankle weight on the patient, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. They're not directing them to perform exercise or any of the other things. Um, can they retrieve a hot pack for the PTA? Yeah. I'll say I'm, I'm using this fake person, Joy. I'll be like, hey, Joy, can you go get me a large hot pack with uh, two covers on top and a towel? Yeah, sure. Okay. Sounds good. Fine. Can they clean the treatment table? Absolutely. Please clean the treatment table. I always forget and I re feel really bad. And I realize I'm bad at cleaning up after myself, but that is within the AIDS scope of practice. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful in explaining the difference between all of our PT peoples. And I will make another one where I talk about the roles of different uh, individuals within the medical world. But I just want to make sure you guys really understand what's the difference. I know this got a little bit long, but this is super important to understand when it comes to the board, because if you think of this in like a super, super cut and clear, black and white, ethical kind of way, you will get these questions right because there are some questions that will show up. You'll be like, oh, we do that in the clinic. It's like no big deal because everyone's paying attention. In reality, the board doesn't care. The board has a specific way of asking about this. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful and I will see y'all in the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.